we are back. Episode 11, and our viewers and listeners are in heaven. Kind of looks like I'm coming from heaven right behind me. Lighting is so bright on my screen, but I kind of like the effect. It's cool. Um, more stuff to uh, talk about. We're coming off of all the excitement from the uh, the draft. We had our last two episodes bit pretty much dedicated to it. And then since then, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the baseball world with our teams, the whole league, that we're going to want to uh, touch on. Some good, some bad, and some very, very sad, especially for Al and I and hopefully any self-respecting baseball fan. Um a little, bit di- a little bit different, obviously. We're going to get to uh, more of a normal version of Cash or Trash, uh, a little different than we did last time because we did all the draft picks. However, I'm going to lead off this time. I only have a few this week. I know you have a little bit more. Um, I wanted to get right into mine because there were a few pressing things between baseball and football um, that I wanted to get your uh, take on it. I know mine, but I wanted to see if you were to agree. Um, and then, obviously, you shoot yours my way and... I'll answer him like I always do. Yeah, let's get it. Now, first one is going to go football. And this one's the most pressing thing going on in football out coming out of the draft or during the draft. Cash or trash, Aaron Rodgers will play for the Green Bay Packers this upcoming season. Uh, see, this this was on mine as well. Uh, I it, he, You said he will play for the Packers? Yeah, well, I mean, however you want to take it. Like, he will be a Green Bay Packer in the 2021-2022 Yeah, I think it's cash. I think I just think there's no route that anybody has post-draft where they have the, the ability to throw enough assets at the Packers to make the trade for Aaron Rodgers. Before the draft, you could have said the Dolphins, you could have said the Jets, you could have said there were, there were a couple teams... <laughs> that had enough picks that they could have sent them to to the Packers. But I, I think, I mean, I, I guess if you're, you know, if you're a Dolphins fan and you're saying, ah, you know what, fuck it, throw Jalen Waddle in the package. Like, sure, maybe, but it's, it's yeah. like a, it's a weird scenario now where it doesn't seem like there's any teams that have the ability to make that trade and have the cap room at the same time to take on a contract as large as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. That's gonna happen all the time. Uh, it didn't seem like uh, the Green Bay Packers are any which interested to move uh, to move him, just like the Deshaun Watson thing. But the players are extremely motivated. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, you know, I think any team that was really wanting to get an Aaron Rodgers, which I think every team in the league, literally, there's not a team I can think of that's like you'd be moving backwards by getting the MVP, the reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers, uh, yep. to bring it into a Super Bowl. They all should have been interested, but if they were interested in getting it done, there should have whatever the package it took to get it done should have been done before the draft. You lose any uh, excitement or um, chances, possibilities of getting that trade done after you've already taken your picks, used those first round picks, yep. or done whatever else you've done in the trade, or maybe gotten players that the Packers would never be interested in That's, in return. Yeah. You know, the the, the uh, Packers wouldn't get a choice of what quarterback to pick to replace him, and that's just going to kill the deal. I'm not saying that there was a deal in the first place because evidently they made it clear they don't want to trade him. The problem is, though, is this guy's uh, kind of from the reports. We don't know if it's accurate or not, but telling free agents and current team players looking for extension stuff, hey, don't get comfy if you're expecting me to be here when you're when you're doing business here. You know, if you're looking to sign, don't expect me to be here. If you're looking to extend, don't expect me to be here. He's telling his top players. He's telling players that are coming in. That's a scary situation. That's a scary situation for the front office, a scary situation for the fans, the team. 
So it's like when stuff like that is going on, you have a disgruntled player. You deserve the disgruntled player because of how negligent you've been with yep. Aaron Rodgers last year's draft taking quarterback. Like, come on. Uh, and then seeing how close they've been to coming to a Super Bowl. And instead of doing the right things to get the talent to take you over the top, you're going quarterback. You know, it's just, it's mind-blowing. So I'm assuming that has a lot to do with it. Um, so I wouldn't be so sure. I agree with you. Like, it's all about who budges. He probably will be a Green Bay Packer. But let's not sit here and say it's like a 70-30 thing. I really think it's like a 55-45 type yep. chance that he's a Green Bay Packer still. Yep. Yeah. No. And, I mean, at the same time, you know, uh, I took Amari Rodgers in my rookie draft. The, the only receiver that the Packers ever took to help Aaron Rodgers. So... There you go. There you go. I, uh, it, it's just, it's a wild thing. You would think that they would do anything and everything he wants the organization to do. To I, with all that money. I think and- so. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Packers don't have an owner. Mm, yeah. They're, they're, owned, by the they're fans, owned by the fans. Yeah. So they have like this group of individuals that sit at a round table and make all the decisions. I'm yeah. pretty sure if there was an owner, it would have been, the, the GM would have been fired. Uh, I still think it's easy to have conversations. Though. Whoever is making the, the decisions, GM, whatever it is, it's very easy to have a conversation saying, Aaron, uh, we're looking to do this. Like, I even feel like Daniel Jones at this point is getting brought into conversations of the direction of the team. Like, I, I'm sure it's not crazy, but like, just at least enough, like, hey, listen, we're getting you that weapon or we're getting you this. I'm sure there's conversations. So it's like, Aaron Rodgers doesn't warrant a full autonomy like that, you know, like a Tom Brady would or a Drew Brees always would. Or, you know, that these guys have their hands and decisions as, be made as they should they, exactly they're the investment for the entire organization so it's very weird his his uh anger is very justified uh next one bouncing it back i don't like to go straight linear with sports mets weren't hitting that was obvious so the mets fired their hitting coach chili davis not a uh uh team loved move uh move but mets fired their hitting coach chili davis cash or trash uh, I mean, obviously, it's uh, all right. So we'll start uh, cash, right? Cool. Uh, I don't think y- you can't put all of the blame solely on Chili Davis. Is the guys aren't fucking hitting? Somebody's slumping. It's not because Chili Davis. But at the same time, uh, from what I heard from uh, a buddy of mine who's a Mets fan, apparently he's just been telling them to fucking slam the ball as hard as they as far as they can in in, in bad in BP and shit and like just not you know j- just like letting them do whatever they want kind of thing. Yeah, that was not helping at all. And at the same time, it's like all right, so Lindor comes here. Lindor's been hitting three thirty for the last six seasons, right? Guy's a stud. Now he's hitting like a buck twenty five. And there is no, like, nothing coming out of that. Nobody is making any adjustments. Like, he should be every day with Francisco Lindor in the the clubhouse watching film being like, look, this, you see what you're doing with your right arm here? This is, this is what you were doing in Cleveland when you were hitting 330. Like, that needs to go. That, and I, I'm sure to an extent there was some of that stuff going on because I don't think he could actually get away with just like, you know, sending him out onto the field to hit BP and be like, yeah, just fucking hit it real far. Yeah, man. No, but there's but, there's approach conversations that come into play. And, you know, for me, I agree with you. It's like something what not is a, right there. Yeah. Like what is a coach actually doing for these professional athletes when they're slumping or when they're hot on a hot streak? They're not changing or recreating the wheel. They're not telling them how to be professional athletes. 
But at the same time, it's like you do have to find a reason for a batting coach, right? You have to find a reason for a fielding coach uh, when someone's having errors. So really what it comes down to is when you have extended slumps for for players that we know have the talent and have achieved that big, great level like Alindor has and Alonzo, Conforto, whatever it is, there's only a certain threshold you can allow the, the slump to go without as an owner or a GM stepping in saying, well, what is the hitting coach doing to at least help them identify the issues and rectify them? Not change what they do, not change how they play, but like identify what's going wrong and, and put something in motion to rectify the issues. And if it doesn't happen, all right, so we just said you don't teach the guys anything because you're not supposed to. They're professional. You're not going to teach them anything new. So if you're not doing that and you're also not getting them out of their slumps or identifying their flaws, you're not doing anything. You're just a smiling face in the clubhouse, which apparently he really was a smiling face in the clubhouse. The players loved him. Uh, I think, I guess we had him in 2019. He opted out in 2020, and then he was back in 2021. It's right, you know, the 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 optics are right. We were hitters in 2019. We were hitters in 2020. Why would all of a sudden we wouldn't be? But there's something there where he's not able to get us out of a rut and we had to make a move. Plus, dude, he's old regime. He's old Wilpon regime. So honestly, yeah. you know, Cohen and Zach Scott and whoever he brings in is itching to get rid of anything that resembled the old stuff. So, and for me, my little take, I am totally okay with people losing their jobs for extended mediocrity or, or subpar uh, performance. I'm just about it. I, I like an owner that steps in saying, guys, if you think just because I'm going to pull the whole, it's only April or it's only this, or we have time, whatever like that, and just accept losing and failure, you have another thing coming and I'll show you, I can't affect your pockets. I'm not going to bench you because obviously you're paying too much or you have to fill that spot, but I'll hit you right in the hearts. And if you're going to start causing other people's jobs that you like, maybe that'll help you. Uh, and it's just kind of a cynical, weird way to look at it. But it's like maybe that'll light a fire on your ass to make sure you're doing what you can to get better and stay high energy and all that stuff. Or else coaches are going to start getting fired from your efforts, you know. Mm-hmm. And that'll hit. That, that'll that hit home, you know. But um, Especially if it, if it's a guy that you said. I mean, you said they all like Chili Davis. They don't want to see guys like him go. So it makes sense. Yeah, they love him. Yep. Um, what's it called? But yeah, that's my take. So I am, and I agree with you, kind of cash on that. I think he's a cool guy, but cash on that. Um, now bouncing back over the football, this one I want to kick your way because it's very easy for me as a homer, but I want to make sure I'm not crazy. After all the moves, the drafts, the, the free agency, and, and what we did last year and everything we got going for you, this is now bouncing back to the NFL. The New York Giants, Vegas, over, under, win, loss, um record for the season especially with the the extra year uh extra week this year is seven and a half wins i okay i'm gonna go ahead and and say cash yeah don't even need to finish the question i was in my head saying it should be around nine and a half if i had to guess No, no 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 my question is for them to even be marked at seven and a half you would say trash oh that's trash yeah yeah, got it. I want to make sure. I don't want to no, come I, in here I and mean, just say... in, in my head, like it looks like they've done something to fix the offensive line, which is good. They've made a bunch of moves to, you know, you give Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay, and yeah. so your offense is getting better there. Barkley's going to come back healthy. I mean, we've seen what players can do after ACLs. It's not like it used to be where, you know, you tore an ACL and you're never the same player. We've seen it time and time again where players come back just as strong, if not stronger, after an ACL. 
Um, we've given Saquon Barkley more than the adequate amount of time to rehab that injury. The defense was fantastic last year. It's probably better this year. So I can't imagine them. I mean, especially with the extra week, like you said, like, you know, nine and nine and eight, 10 and seven. That's, yeah. that's, that's the ballpark. I mean, that's totally might, reasonable for the giants. I might mortgage the free, uh, the, my future on this one because it's um I thought you were drinking a Bud Life for a second. Uh what's it called? It's um it's ridiculous. I mean, we won six games last year, six and ten. We were the thirty-first ranked offense in the league. No Saquon, no big number one threat. Our defense was always already great. First year of all these coaches, no preseason at all. Right? Yep. And you're telling me so another year of team chemistry, working with the coaches, getting the game plan down. Adding a number one threat in wide receiver to the offense, getting Saquon back, uh, Barkley in, uh, uh, back in the offense, improving at least slightly in the offensive line. If you want to look at it that way, but let's say we didn't, um, improving a tight end with some red zone uh, threats and stuff like that, and actually improving that sick defense. And the division is still as weak as ever. And actually, I think our schedule, if you look at it, is slightly easier than it was last year when it was really tough. And you're telling me we're not walking away with two more wins? You know what I mean? Or it's not likely or it would be considered a shitting the bed if we didn't walk away with two more wins, especially with the next week. I think that's just ridiculous. Um, and I might have to get involved on some of the actions. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't quite make sense to me. Like I said, I mean, just thinking it through as you were asking the question, I set the number at like nine and a half. So, I mean, nine and, nine and eight, ten and seven, somewhere in that ballpark. Seven and a half Easily. seems pretty low for me. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, that's all I had for cash or trash. Yeah. Again, didn't want to come off as a homer and just automatically say it's a, it's a thing, but I'm glad it's a universal thought process here that. Yeah, no, def- definitely not just Giants bias. Um, cool. So I'm gonna run it up real got? quick. I'm gonna start football, going to baseball since I mean I figure we're you know we're we're trending towards baseball well, drafts. Yeah, drafts gone. We got a got a little bit of a football gap here. That's a perfect transition. Go uh, from football and going to baseball. So we got uh, my first one. Uh, this is something that I saw today where they signed uh, either today or yesterday the Dolphins signed Jason McCourty. Mm. Uh, so my first one: the Dolphins are a playoff team, cash or trash. I'm sorry, repeat that? The Dolphins are a playoff team. Cash or trash? I'm going to say... I'm going to say cash. I'm going to say cash because... Again, it was kind of... It's similar to my take on the Giants. And it's they were a 10-win team last year. They had their own little meltdown win, uh, losses too towards the end of the, the... You know, down the stretch they shouldn't have. I like to believe that one more year... It, I, it's not about what I think about Tua... But I think bottom line is Tua will be better than he was last year. He was very just un – he was really nothing. You know, he wasn't yeah. bad. Did not turn the ball over. But he wasn't making any plays happen, in my opinion. You know, a couple rushes, touchdowns here and stuff like that, but nothing big. But I see another year of it getting a little bit better with him. Do they have the Fitzpatrick that can fill in and win some of those games that I think were totally necessary with Fitzpatrick? Maybe not. But, again, maybe uh, Tua could fill the gap. They added number one threat. Or I shouldn't even say number one yet because Will Fuller might still be in that category because they signed him too. Ah. So what I'm saying is they beefed up that offense. They beefed up that offense. They're adding depth and defense because it's, which McCourty is better? The twin. Devin, they're twin. Devin McCourty. I'm pretty Devin sure. McCourty is much better. So I wouldn't consider Jason McCourty as like, oh, shit, look what they did. But like you're looking at depth now. Um, a guy who's won before. Um, so... Listen, it's just one of those things where the 10-win team, in my opinion, got better. So how do I turn around and not say they're a playoff team when – and now 
the only thing that, like, you know, I start scratching my head, and it's actually a good thing, works in their favor. That division in my head is not clear and cut and dry. It really isn't. Bill Belichick went out and spent a thousand billion trillion dollars on this team to get them better, to go from a seven win team to their own division kind of uh, threatening team. Uh, the Bills, they're still great, but they went on a crazy run, you know, last year. They were a dominant team and stuff like that. You to repeat that is always tough. You know, like just a straight up. It's easier to move up when you're when you're a middle tier team than it is to keep that consistent dominance. And it's not like they ran away with the division by four or five games. It's you know, one or two slip ups and that's it. The other guy the, the other team jumps you. So no, with that being said, and the Patriots might take more, or you know, two from them, one from them, you never know. It, it puts Miami in a position maybe to squeak out a playoff appearance. And again, that's not just a vision. If they rattle off 11 or 12 wins, 11 wins, let's say, you're really looking at a wild card team. So let me say cash. Yeah, uh, I would have said the same thing without hesitation. I mean, 10 and 6 last year probably should have made the playoffs. I, uh, I don't think the division plays as much a factor into it because I think they still are. Uh, a, a decent bit better than the Jets and a decent bit better than the Patriots. I think the Bills probably, if I had to guess, they'd probably go four and two in the division. Um, but I definitely, yes, I definitely think just based on the defense alone, they're a playoff team and they can make they can make a, a, a solid run. You know, two with a full camp, the whole nine. Uh, Jalen Waddle, obviously, uh, nice piece, and I think they their offense takes some steps there. Uh, so next, you already brought this up. But I have Aaron Rodgers will not be a Packer this season. Cash yeah. or trash? Uh, I let me go cash. That he, hmm, it's tough. Actually, it's tough. Dude, it is rough. Let me let me go. Let me go cash. No, let me go cash. He will not. And or, or your wording is different from mine. Uh, yeah, Maybe I did the opposite be, wording. Yeah. Yeah, cash. They won't play. The dude won't be throwing footballs. Is what I'm saying. Wow. I think he's at the point where he goes full throttle. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm stubborn. I get, I do and get what I want. If I don't want to play, I'm not going to play. I've made money enough to take this financial hit, and I know I can get a job after this. You know what I mean? Like if something were to happen where he's, he's done with Green Bay, you know somebody else is going to throw it at him, and he'll make up the money. Or maybe he'll host Jeopardy. Who knows? But the bottom line is that I think he's stubborn enough to really go full throttle and not throw a football if he doesn't want to throw a football. So it's yeah. either he's getting traded. He's faking a retirement. He's doing whatever, you know, but he's he will not be throwing a football. Again, my percentages of cash or trash is literally 55-45, so it's like a slight cash, but it's cash. Yeah, that's a rough one. Uh, moving on, uh, this one, you know, because I'm the ultimate bipolar here. Uh, the Yankees are the best team in the AL East, cash or trash, you know, after the last couple ones where I said the Yankees aren't a playoff team. Dude, it's hard. How do you break this down? I mean, it's like what I said in response to you. It's like the vicious circle that we have. You look on paper or, or something like that. Yeah, I think they should be. But when you start looking deeper into it and you look at the current scope of what, they're in second place right now, I believe, right? By a few games. Yeah. But Boston's in first. Yep. I mean, that's where it kind of bounces back into me saying, yeah, the Yankees are the best team in the AL East because the team that's in first right now isn't into my opinion the best team in your division you know as dominant as they've been playing and has great their offense have been um because the boston's been doing really well and and the issues that yankees and the mets have been going through don't seem like they will persist all year maybe injury concerns that's a totally different story but yeah the yankees are the best team in the, in the al east at least for right now if this starts going on and on where i don't see them take run away with it and i see the other teams perform i may have to change my tune on it yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's 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 like an interesting thing where you know they started off so unbelievably bad, 
that it was you know it was brought into question and then i think they're they were like 11 and 4 in their last 15 at one point in like the last week or something so they're right back up there they beat the nats yesterday they smoked the astros in two games barely lost the third game and their bullpen is pitching to like a 1.1 era or some absolute nonsense i roll this chat i think i don't know if the run from yesterday counts because it was extra innings so they started with the guy on second but uh, Aroldis Chapman had like 11 innings pitched, no earned runs, no runs in general, and like 24 strikeouts at, in <laughs> in 11 innings. So their their bullpen is just obscene right now. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I probably would have agreed with you in cash. You know, last week would have been the exact opposite. They would have been trash because you know. It's tough, man. It's always changing, especially New York fans. It's especially uh, when it's especially when you came into the season and we're like, all right, you know, this is this, you know what, fuck it, this is our year. Cole's back for yeah. another year. This this is our time finally. And then they were like, ah, you know, two and eleven. We're just like, well, fuck it, next Dude, year. It's, it's tough. It's you know, people want to expect the world from you to keep this level headed. It's like, dude, then why should I watch? Why should I care about any of the results in the early on part of the year at all? If you're telling me it doesn't matter. You know, you think that this team that struggles so bad is going to be the big bad, you know, bruisers in October when they're showing these many flaws. I'm sorry, I'm not with it. So, but I get it. Uh, bottom line is, Cash, they're the best team in the AL East yeah. until further notice. Yeah, seems about right. Uh, so next, I have uh, this one's uh, for you. Francisco Lindor can't cut it in New York. We've seen it a nah. bunch. We've seen it a bunch where players come to the New York market and something about it overwhelms them. They're just not the same player. Obviously, Francisco Lindor coming in from hitting, I mean, being the best, arguably the best shortstop in baseball the last couple of years, now is hitting like 117. Uh, looks like he's, I don't know what he's doing on the field. Uh, so what What do you think? Francisco Lindor can't cut it in New York. Cash or trash? It's trash. Uh, Francisco Lindor, as all the players and teammates and himself and anybody who knows, are saying will be fine. Uh, this is a horrible stretch. Tech, uh, technically speaking, it's not his worst stretch of his career. Uh, he's had a worse one in 2016, and he finished batting 300. Um, he just had a breakout game the other day. That wasn't just you know one ball going to the fence, but multiple hits. It was off another night where he had three walks and a double. Uh, he had the go-ahead hits and, and uh, RBIs in a few games recently this past week. So, yeah, no, he's coming out of it. Um, and while he's made his mistakes in the field, like a couple throwing things like that, he's also made some plays that, hey, if we had someone else at shortstop, it wasn't happening. So, you know, those things as long as uh, – because the worst thing is when it carries over, when one struggle from one side of the, the ball carries over to the other. And it's not really doing that for him. So he's still sticking with the defense. Um, but he's starting to come around with a bat. I, I need to see more right-handed bats from him. He gets so many left-handed at bats. So it's like when I see him struggling, you know, seeing so many righties. righties. When he's struggling, it's like lefty over lefty over lefty over lefty, right? And then all of a sudden, I see him switch over when it um, when it's a lefty on the mound, and he's righty righty righty. But it's so few and far yeah. between. The guy just looks comfortable. He looks, or maybe it just looks like because he's been struggling so much, that change of pace looks so fresh for him. So it's like I will hope he really does get to mix in some more right-handed at bats, which is not really up to him. Um, but the bottom line is, no, yes, he will be fine as we start to get going. You know. It happens all the time. It happened for the Mets for decades. It happened to the Mets when there was Beltron Wright and Delgado and stuff like that. Sometimes when guys went through their thing, and the Yankees have that too, they got to start getting with it. Judge is going through it right now, but the rest of your lineup's starting to hit. But like that's the perfect yep. timing. You, when these guys go through a cold streak, I know they can affect the rest mm -hmm. of the lineup because of protection. 
but the other guy's got to pick him up. You know, the other guys pick him up while yep. he's going through it. And then by the time it's mid-season or just a month later, it's, maybe it's only a few weeks because we shouldn't wait that long to be that patient. But he gets back going. Now he's the guy picking you up. Or maybe you're all firing on all cylinders. So that was the real struggle the Mets were looking at. It was so highlighted because everybody was slumping. Nobody was driving in runs. So who's the who's the focus on? The guy getting paid $340 million, you know? Absolutely. He's fine. Trash. He can absolutely handle New York. Um, and I guarantee in the coming of weeks or even by the next episode, you'll, you'll see a new stat line from me showing the, uh, the new or – back into the old improved uh lindor yeah i mean it's just something you know to play devil's advocate obviously uh it's really easy it's really easy yeah it's really easy to say that when you know the guy's been here a month and he's hitting 160 but you know a month from now when he's back up to 270 and you know he's playing at all-star form again yeah it is what it is uh and the final one this is this is a good one because this is uh this is something that's very current that is you know, uh, new to, to baseball in a way, um, cash or trash, Ronald Acuna has dethroned Mike Trout as the best player in baseball. Oh, that's the worst. I, I don't even know. It, trash might not even be the word, I wouldn't say, but uh, to stick with the segment, trash, absolute garbo, one of the worst words and sentences put together from the English language that you picked, you've plucked from the dictionary and put together the worst board. How could that even be asked at this moment in time? Is the guy a superstar? No questions asked. Thank you. Like, not even a question. He's doing bad things. He's a superstar. Five-two player. He can do it all. I understand that. But we're not talking about somebody who had a five-year run, who had his little peak, his little MVP run, and then it was like, well, that was a good fun time, you know, like the Andrew McCutcheons or whatever it might be, even Josh Johnson, you know, those little flashes. No, we're talking about that someone who consistently season after season was a 5-2 player doing the Ronald Acuna things for 10-plus years now. What year is 2021? Yeah, 2011. Is right when he came in, I think his first full season, 2012. Something like that. 10 plus years. He's basically, and something we're going to get to, Albert Pujols, but with speed. The guy does it all, has been doing it all, and it's disrespectful. And I'm not going to just shit on Acuna. I'll say this right now. It is disrespectful to bring up any other name in baseball and say, did so-and-so dethrone him? It was disrespectful to bring up Judge two years ago. It was disrespectful to bring up Soto in the, the small little glimpse of like how fast he started at the age of 20, which is also absurd. It was disrespectful to ever compare Bryce Harper to Mike Trout. It was disrespectful to say any of these guys, any of these guys. And until further notice, when Mike Trout isn't batting 400 and leading the entire league in OPS, slugging, uh, ho- not home runs, he's tied or something like that. Batting average, and I believe run scored, then we could start having a conversation. But little divey-divey, steely-steely, double and a home run ain't taking Mike Trout's uh, place, all right? Not anytime soon. The guy has to go to a significant drop-off, like, again, I don't want to say his name again, but we're going to have to, and we're going to talk about it, Albert Pujols. So please don't ask that question for a long time. I might have gray hairs by the time you can ask that question. Yeah, no. I mean, the guy's hitting 388. Uh, but, Ooh. you know, Mike Trout. Yeah. <coughs> and that's, that's down. That, he must have had an 0 for 4 night or something. Probably, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, but I mean, uh, and that's uh, the craziest thing is that uh, how for how egregious you thought that question was, 
Yeah. That's a no slight at Acuna because he is a an all-star superstar freak of nature and he's one of the he's like a top 5 player in the league. I don't you know very easy to argue that case. That's just showing how just obscene Mike Trout is. Just uh, yeah, way better yeah. than anybody we've ever seen. I put it out there. I said the guy's a superstar. He's an all-star. Five tool. Does all the stuff. Don't ever compare him. Don't ever compare him. It's that's just true. dumb. Just dumb. Uh, but that's my take on that. I thought you had one more. No? That was five, brother. That's five. Damn, I fucking that was five. breezed through that. Breezed. Um, so, yeah. As always, love Cash Your Trash. Uh, ended that off with some heaping trash there. Uh, but we're going to stick with baseball. There's a few things. There's some funny things. There's some uh, interesting things. Um, well, I guess depending on who you are for, for these guys here. Mets. It had been that funny, but it is funny now. So in recent, uh, the last week, I don't know if you know, it was literally the last few games. We had a, I believe it was against the Cardinals or the first game of the D-backs. Um, I, I couldn't really uh, tell because I was focused on what was happening. Basically, in the game... Uh, or over the last few games, Jeff McNeil and Francisco, uh, Francisco Lindor have been absolutely great up the middle. I love them together. They turn double plays well. They have range. They're making their plays. But listen, as always, when you start to gain new chemistry with um, new players that you're playing with, especially up the middle, that, that needs the most chemistry out of any two players in, on the field, right? Second base and shortstop. Um, maybe there's some hiccups in the road. There's still bumps. There's some whatever. Um Basically, there were a few plays where they weren't on the same page in turning a double play or covering a certain ground ball or whatever it is. There's just a few of them. And they let each other know. They let each other know in probably ways you don't need to, to let a player know. Getting a little not a, a little aggressive on the field, you know, like maybe cursing, speaking sternly, whatever it might be. And listen, you're out in the middle of the field in front of thousands of people on top and for television where a million of people are watching. It's going to get a spectacle, you know. Um, that brewed up a little bit. I don't know if the tension of their, also their offensive struggles got to him because Jeff McNeil isn't hitting uh, or wasn't hitting. So there's just a whole brewing up thing. So at one point after um, one of the innings, the uh, Mets came off the field after getting the third out and there was one of these plays where they were not on the same page or whatever or so have you. And there seemed to be something going on in the clubhouse where both Jeff McNeil and Lindor we're down in the clubhouse, and when other players kind of saw or heard what was going on, Michael Conforto, whoever it is, there was a very frantic response, and everybody went sprinting down the clubhouse as if, I mean, we all could use our brains, they were trying to break up something that should not be happening. It's a very bad sight. I mean, I've seen it with other ballparks. If you remember years ago with Jonathan Papelbon and Bryce Harper yeah. when they got into a fight on the field, you know, uh, you, you start to think in your head, you're like, well, that never ended well because Papelbon ended up somewhere else you know Bryce Harper ended up not back you know it, it was just a bunch of things that that team was just so toxic um so it's like you start to worry like wait a minute guys cannot be fighting internally in the dugout in the clubhouse and stuff like that but in light of it you know and we end up winning the game Lindor like I said had a breakout game ended up hitting the go-ahead or tying two-run homer we had just a bunch of stuff going on thereafter that ended up making it look insignificant at least from a fan's point of view but media can't let it go right so they asked about it, and now they turned this uh, crazy situation. It is so clear and day that they fought, even though you can see it, into this funny. You, you know how all these players do it, 
I forget who it was. You remember when like people used to get in each other's faces in baseball team, and then everybody used to ask afterwards, "Hey, what what'd you say? What happened there?" And whatever. And then they always used to mess with the media, saying like fake stuff, like joking around. You never heard that. I have no idea who you're talking about. You know, all right. So, so like an example, and I'll get into the Mets. I'll get right into the next thing. I remember it was like either Josh Donaldson and somebody else. I don't know why I think Anthony Rizzo is awful, but Josh Donaldson got into somebody's face after you know they struck him out or like that. That they got into their each other's face, right? Face to face, clearly jawing each other, blah blah blah. And then afterwards, they're like, hey, so uh, what happened there? You know, everybody's asking. They want to know like that. And Josh is like, yeah, honestly, uh, I, I smelled his cologne. And it smelled great, and you know, so I got closer because I want to get a better smell. And I was like, "Hey, man, uh, where'd you get that cologne? It's really nice. I might want to buy it for myself." And he's like, "All right, well, I got it from the mall when I went." And like, so they make up a fake, like, lighthearted story instead of telling what actually happened. So the Mets, and they do it all the time. They don't want to give the media like, "Hey, oh, he, he called me a bitch. I called him an asshole, and we started throwing fit." Like, they don't do that. You know, that's not how it goes. Um, so the Mets and, and <laughs> the Mets. They've been making up a lot lately. They're making up a lot of using their imagination. But then Jeff McNeil and Lindor made up this fake story that they're obviously messing with everybody. That Lindor, who's new to New York, saw a raccoon run um, run in the dugout, the the clubhouse, and he's like, "Oh man, that's a raccoon over there." And McNeil's like, "No man, what the hell?" And he got pissed at me. He's like, "That's a rat. That's a New York rat. You don't know New York. You haven't been here. That's a New York rat." I said, "No, no, no. That's a raccoon." So then, obviously, we had to sprint down the clubhouse to go show each other. No, that's right. So they came up with this whole thing. It was absolutely ridiculous. The media got so salty because they were like, oh, they, they insult our intelligence to tell us. Like, no, they're not. They just mess with you. And everybody went along with it. And uh, it turned out to be this lighthearted thing. Um, now they're boys again. They're thriving. Jeff McNeil's hitting bombs. They're dapping each other up and pumped up, hitting each other's backs. Now that Lindor's crashing his press conferences when he's answering, he's like talking about now he's calling it a raccoon, you know, combining it. It's a whole funny thing. And the media can't handle it. You know, they're having a meltdown because they want there to be tension. One, that's that's for one. Yeah. And they want they, they hate that they didn't get the full story or straight facts. Me as a Met fan, I was shitting my pants thinking, oh my God, not only is this guy $340 million, but he's an absolute cancer. <laughs> ready to destroy us on the inside. Uh, but it ended up working out. But I can't believe you didn't see that. But it was it was basically, it's still kind of ongoing now. It was only yesterday or two days ago. Dude, I, I for as, for for how plugged in I used to be with, I, I was the first one to, to know everything and anything that happened. Right. That was, you know, a, a a story of any kind of significance. I'm just, I've been nowhere for the past, like, month, dude. I can't keep up with anything. It's atrocious. No, uh, listen, it, that's extracurricular stuff anyways. It's like, and it's also Mets stuff, so I, I get yeah. it. But I can't remember the Yankees having something like that. I mean, I don't remember the last internal couple. Oh, I guess so, yes. Yeah, yeah they, they definitely hated thing. each other. But they never, it never escalated to a point. No, where I don't, it's like I don't think saw. it. I, yeah, no, I, I don't remember it ever being that bad. But I, I mean, there were all kinds of news articles that were like, ah, they fucking hate each other, and they probably <laughs> did. But I mean, yeah. Derek Jeter just, Derek Jeter wanted to go out there every day and put the best product on the field possible. So you know, he put it aside. You know, fucking, they're just, they're just gonna go out and they're gonna play baseball. They're gonna play baseball damn well, and they're gonna win. You know, a lot of games that didn't end up mattering because they didn't win World Series. But you know, 
Yeah, I mean, A-Rod's a dick, too, so I totally see that happening. Yeah. He was the outsider. He was the outsider, too. And, you know, the media, I remember, and even fans, shitty fans. You have a lot of shitty fans over there. But the media and stuff perpetuated, like, oh, well, Derek Jeter's not even the best shortstop on his own team. And, like, I, I'm sure that's world, too. So that that was garbage. But, yeah, I can't remember a Yankee, like, actual internal tussle since, like, the you know, obviously in, like, the 70s or something with, like, Reggie Jackson or something like that. Yeah, fucking every time, every time Billy Martin was ever involved with anything yeah. was, was a big issue. Exactly, yeah. So I know those days, but, I, you know, for me actually watching baseball in my 25, now 26 years soon, uh, no, I haven't seen it with the Yankees. I haven't really seen it with the Mets either. This is so new to me. I was used to seeing this, as a Phil, you know, over in Philly and making fun of them or Washington and making fun of them. Like, let them deal with that shit. And I'm like, no, we cannot be this type of team. But, dude, it's starting to brew up. I'm telling you, and this is what I wanted to touch on, because there's some other stuff. I mean, the Mets have made up a fake uh, hitting coach name, Donnie Stevenson, just because like, because they start hitting again, and they made up a fake name of a fake person that doesn't exist, and it's very funny, but Good. some people hate it. Again, media thinks it's so shitty because they don't know what's going and, on. Uh, yo, all right, nah, I, I want to get into this quick because the media is the exact same way that the that umpires are. For whatever reason, yeah. they think they're completely untouchable. His last yeah. night, so yesterday, for the first time in forever, uh, I was actually actively watching the Yankees play the Nats. And there was one point, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Kluber towards the end of his start or, you know, one of their relievers that they brought in shortly after that. Uh, but somebody threw a pitch that was, like, I mean, very clearly, like, not even, it wasn't a question that it was a strike. It was middle of the plate. <laughs> And like, I would like middle of the plate, you know, just above the knee, like the, you know, I, I don't yeah, understand. I, everybody on the field, the, the batter started to walk away because he knew he should have not been there anymore. <laughs> and they called it a ball and everybody, including myself was looking and we were just like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't, you fucking take away that little box on TV with a little baseball that tells you where the pitch was. I'm looking at that and I'm like, ah, he's fucking out of there. And uh, just like the most egregious call I've ever seen. And for whatever reason, because you're talking about the media where they get butt hurt because, you know, we won't give them whatever they want all the time. Fucking umpires are the exact same way where they're just like, nah, my way or the highway, fuck you. And it's like, dude, fucking what are you looking at that yeah. we're not seeing yeah, how it was not it was not a breaking ball it was like a cut fastball fucking dead center of the plate directly down the middle above the knee like fucking perfect pitch yeah and it was called a ball and then that was followed up by a fucking slider six feet off the plate that was called a strike and i wanted to i would Dude, I, I mean this i mean and this this follows up the fucking angel hernandez being the worst ever did you see that play too it was at the um that was oh wait that the was one the, in the, the fucking play. outfield where he just yeah, yeah. never made a fucking call and nobody knew what call, to do and then he came out afterwards he said ah you get, ba- you, get, <laughs> you get the you get the bad guess you made a bad guess on a play <laughs> that impacted the game uh, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know who it was, but some who was. Do you remember who it was? Because it was a it was a good player that was just stuck between second and third, and he was literally just bouncing back and forth and had no forth. fucking idea whether he needed to go back to tag. Lizzo, up. wasn't it the Cubs? No, 
It wasn't yeah. Rizzo because I would remember. I feel like, ah, dude, I can't even remember. It's a guy who would have scored from second 100% of the time, too. Right, and right, he's right, just right, right. back and forth. I was, was it Royals something, right? Holy yeah. shit. Just do anything correctly, please, umpire. Yo, you're he, all coming on saying I made a bad guess. You're all not. It's not just Angel Hernandez. He's fucking contagious. Whatever the <laughs> fuck is wrong with his brain that it just impacts his ability to ever make a call properly has now just infected all of the major league umpires. Every Ow. single one of them is horrible. Al, it's not. It's not contagious. It's the expectation level. It's the level of, of what they need to meet. They look at Angel, Angel Hernandez, who's had years of tenure of doing this shit, and they say, wow, if that's the standard, I don't need to be good at my job. I don't need to literally know the rules or, or, or put them in place the way they're supposed to be placed or even call balls and strikes correctly because Angel Hernandez doesn't even have to fucking try. He's out there making bad guesses on every other play, and he still has his job and getting pat, uh, paid a fat check for whatever umpires get paid. So if I'm an umpire, what am I trying to become uh, greatest umpire of all time? No, I'm going to just stick with Angel Hernandez uh, treatment, do the bare minimum, get paid as much as I can. And that'll be that. But, dude, we've talked about this. We've talked I, about how it trash just, the It just needed are. to be brought up after the fucking Angel Hernandez fiasco, followed by the fuckery that I watched last night in the yeah. Yankees-Nats game. But but media media is the same way, and it's almost a little weirder because it's like, guys, it's okay. Like, you're, you're so not important, if that makes sense, because, like, the umpires, they're important because it's like, hey, their calls one way or another impact the game. Media, we can tell you whatever we want. And as long as you're reporting it, you're not any. It's you're not good, bad, or in between from the next person when you're just sticking the, the microphone in and giving your little opinion on it. You, you don't need any more excitement because we're tuning into New York media regardless, especially yep. on the local level. I'm speaking, so it's like, why are you even freaking out? Oh, you need to give us information. Well, nobody's getting the information, so don't worry about it. You know, it's a, it's just very weird how like stuck up and like we need this. They are. Uh, as the media, it's it's as bad as the umpires are, just being like egregiously bad with the way they spin off and stuff and try mm -hmm. to peddle certain things. But um, it's just weirder for me because it's like you don't have to do that. You you just take what is given to you, you run with it. We will tune in because we want to know what's going on with yep. the team, and that's that. You I know. Don't get it. Um, but they they uh, the media did did try with the Mets. But what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of weird stuff between the delayed start of COVID, all the rainouts. The, you know, some of the injuries and stuff like that. This Donnie Stevenson crap, which is hilarious, which is a fake baseball coach. Amazing. The firing of, of uh, Chili Davis. The fight in the clubhouse, and now it's a rat or score or whatever. And then God knows what's going to happen from the rest of May, June, July, August, September, and October. It's the Mets, so you really never know. Nope. This can start brewing up a great story for, for a World Series run of this 2021 team. If they end up being the team of a wild story of all the shit that went down because we're only in the month of may early and we've already got some we already have firings fake squirrels fake coaches yeah. you know, weird stuff going on you know so it's like it, it, it's making for a pretty interesting story i don't know what kind of fuckery is going on over there but uh fucking john carlos Santos hitting like i've never seen him hit i for the guy that was a waste of space for the first two months of the season every year of his career uh, dude is untouchable right now. There is nobody fucking with Giancarlo San right now. He looks like healthy Miami uh, Giancarlo right now. You love to see it, dude. Yeah. Fucking you just got to keep on the field, man. <clears throat> Bro, that's what I'm saying. I mean, between him, you add Judge being, you know, 
playing the way he normally does and not hitting whatever the fuck he's hitting right now, which is it's, it's, horrendous. Right yeah. It's really uh, a strikeout. Yeah. No, he's like, I, he was something like two for 20 with like 14 Ks and uh, no walks or some shit in his last 20 at bats or something crazy. Like, it was really bad. Like, just. He, he bad, had a six, a five or six strikeout night the other day, and I don't think I've seen that in a very long time. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he'll get back. He'll get back to it. We all oh, know. Uh, anything that you can think about about the Albert Pujols stuff? Uh, all of it, every bit of it. It hurts. It rips my soul out. My heart is broken. Uh, you know, we did. We started off our Albert Pujols is as near and dear to us, mostly myself, just because he's always been one of my favorite players. But as far as just being a baseball fan, we started off our podcast episode one talking about Albert Pujols and how he needed to be talked about more in his career and all that stuff. And now we're here 10 episodes later and there was a little writing on the wall with what his wife posted before the season that prompted our conversation. But I didn't know this was going to, you know, it was going to happen now where he gets released by the Angels after 10 years, 10 or 11 years. I mean, listen, it's almost another cash of trash. It's, cash of trash. it's probably cash. They do the guy's batting 189, 198, whatever it is. He can't move. He ain't hitting the home runs. He's really not providing anything in the lineup for them besides maybe a good clubhouse guy. But he's getting paid a lot of money. So okay. that's uh, it was a decision I'm sure they had to make. It's just sad because it's like it's Albert Pujols. And then this is a precursor for Albert Pujols not playing baseball anymore, uh, which is not something that we are used to in our lifetime. That He has been playing baseball for it seems like more so than he hasn't been playing baseball in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's just a crazy – crazy thing um the only thing i was going to ask you is do you think there's any chance an american league team picks him up for a last final i was yeah. i that's where i was headed yeah i i got you got to assume that um there's i the yankees have too many bats right the yankees if anything the yankees need starting pitching they definitely don't need a bat so I don't think he fits there at all, especially now that, I mean, the Yankees recalled Miguel Andujar, who probably won't play the field. He might play first base. Who the fuck knows? I don't. Uh, but the, You're not I mean, getting Albert. A team, not getting a team Albert. like the Yankees have tons of bats, so he doesn't fit there. There's a bunch of teams. Like, the Rays aren't going to fucking pay our pools. The Orioles, uh, God knows whatever they're doing. Apparently, John Means is the best. He's the uh, best player uh, ever. Yeah, the, uh, uh, evidently. He- but who oh, like sick. in terms of where like where Albert Pujols fits? I mean, from an AL East perspective, probably nowhere. I mean, if you want to make a splash, what about like the Oakland Red Sox? Like, what about Oakland or Chicago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The White Sox? Yeah, why not? Uh, I don't know, man. Didn't they just lose uh, all their players? Yeah. Didn't, didn't Luis Robert just tear his body in half? It would have to be a team that doesn't care and just wants to do the no, right thing. It would, it would have to be history. a team. Dude, for him, it's got to be a team that's going to compete. There's Why? No, he can't. He, but no, no. All right. You're missing my point. You're missing my point. If you sit him down and be like, hey, you literally never have to touch the field. Just get in the batting cage and like bring your swing back to a reasonable level. Somebody's going to take the chance on a guy like Albert Pujols who's going to sell coming to the town. You know what I mean? So he's gonna he's gonna end up somewhere that is a competitive te- like a competitive small and medium market team that needs that kind of selling power. He'll end up somewhere. 
I, I don't know. The A's, like you, you said, the A's. I think that could be a spot. I don't know what the hell their lineup looks like. I don't. I don't care about the A's. Listen, whatsoever. there's no lineup in baseball right now. I'll be clear and cut and, and honest with you. There's no lineup in baseball that can use an Albert Pujols in it. He's batting 198. His only attribute you can bring to a team is hitting. If he did, he's not hitting, so it's over. But my thing is, maybe maybe take it away from teams. Take it away from teams. What if we can get Albert Pujols? He can take from now until July just to get physically prepared for it. We put Albert Pujols in the home run derby and sent him off. That's his last little. That's his last little contribution to baseball. Is Albert Pujols in the home run derby? He's gonna hit home runs. Everyone hits home runs in the home run derby. It'll be fun to watch. And we can say, hey, thanks, man. Uh, Sayonara, Sammy. Let's do it. Here. I'm, I'm with that. What if you- I'm with that. Don't worry about the teams. Don't worry about disrespecting or anything like that. You just get in. All the fans get to watch you like they've been watching for years. It happened, and that'll be a send off. Didn't it happen recently with somebody? Not. Not necessarily, like, mm. oh, my God. No, Giancarlo was in the home run derby without being voted in as an all-star. No, that's not what I was thinking of. I'm, I'm talking about, like, a send-off kind of thing where somebody, oh, my God, I can't I think Ortiz, no? God, I can't remember. Whatever. Not worth it. Um, Ortiz? I don't, dude, I don't know. Um, or I might, Prince Fielder? I might be. Uh, I might be thinking of like, didn't Mariano Rivera like throw like one one out at the All Star game or something? No, All Star game. He got the eighth inning and they pulled him. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I'm gonna yeah, you're fucking drunk, dude. Yeah, but dude. Uh, the one thing I want to touch on also. Oh, what time we got? Uh, fifty minutes. All right. Last thing. Something's going on. Something's in the water. Something is going on. Well, we know what it is, but this approach thing with the hitters is an atrocity um john means you said he's the best thing since sliced bread it looks great the orioles look like they got a good one but one thing has been uh getting a little more catchy is throwing no hitters we've had two in the last week three total i think so far in the yeah. season it's not even it's not even warm everywhere sorry yeah. to the indians fans good god yeah so so it's uh it's it's a problem because now i'm understanding and we're understanding yeah sure it's great pitching there's no questioning that at all but we know that this is an approach thing coming down to, and I really hope it changes because the whole this strikeout thing, no hitting, not caring about just getting on base or not caring about getting action going with hitting the ball and putting it in play, and kind of just living with the results, going boom or bust. It's going to tear this 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 game down uh, to a weird area. And as no. a fan, I like it still, but you don't need to see four no hitters by the month of May. This is something that I almost. Uh, put as a cash or trash question as well. What do you do? You think that it's you genuinely think it's just the approach, and not the fact that everybody in baseball now throws 102 with 18 inches of movement on their their cutter, and uh, you know uh, we're throwing. We're looking like every almost every team has a pitcher that looks like it's a fucking create a player from the show. Where yeah. he's got a seven, he's got a he's got twenty four inches of vertical drop on his slurve that's seventy one miles an hour, and then he comes back and it's a hundred and three, and he's also throwing submarine, and it's like what I, the fuck I are don't. you supposed? To, oh, and oh, you want to talk about submarine? I don't know, fucking you, you had. I hope you saw this. Pitching Ninja posted a video. I don't know who the fuck somebody, some random guy on the Giants who better have a zero ERA because he's throwing fucking rising sliders. From a submarine, it's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. It should not be allowed. He is quite literally throwing the ball from uh, an inch off the ground, and I just I can't fathom trying to hit the pitch. Well, all that aside, all that aside, I will look that up. But 
Back to your question. Yes, I, I do think it is an approach thing because, Al, everyone can hit 95. Everyone hit 97. We've seen it. Um, we've seen people hit 100. It's not about the 100. It's about changing it up. Yeah, but, the right area. but I know at the same time, roll the Chapman's been throwing over 100 for his whole career. He's at, he's throwing he's throwing 101. You know what's coming 99% of the time. He was throwing 103. Yeah, but 99. Okay. That's different. Dude, Jacob DeGrom's hitting 101 regularly. It's not and that big a difference. Best, all right, wait, wait. You just picked up the best, well, one of the best closers in all of baseball, and then at his prime when he was throwing 103 where he was unhittable, and then the best pitcher to ever pick up baseball in our generation. And you want to use them as examples? What about the middle-tier guys that these guys have 500 at-bats against? The guys that are not Jacob DeGrom or Roldis Chapman. That, those are the ones I care about. Yeah, I don't care about – you really think I'm going to be upset that a guy went up there and got struck out on three pitches against a roll? Just no. I'm pissed that along the way from all these setup pitchers and the starters and stuff like that who are giving ways to, to you know – Yeah, but do you not, do not understand pitching. that the entirety of pitching is evolving to this, this point yes. where you're working on spin rate and there's all these different ways now to add to your spin rate and add four miles an hour on your velocity. Fucking same thing John Means. just I don't know if you knew this. I read a story like yesterday. Apparently, John Means is like thirty, and he's been mediocre for his whole life. And then all of a sudden, he did some shit, and now he's throwing like an extra four miles an hour on his fastball. And yeah, pine hard pitch- steroid. Yeah, pine dude, I, steroid. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but like we're getting to this this point where there there are these guys that are now everybody's throwing a hundred and a hundred and one. You don't think that that has something to do with it as opposed to just, ah, uh, everybody's trying to hit a home run? Everybody's been trying to hit a fucking home run their whole life. You fucking grow right. up in Little League and you're like, I'm hitting the ball over that fucking fence. Everybody I'll wants to hit the ball over the fence. I'll Regardless, if, because, uh, I mean, you know, if you hit the ball over the fence every at bat, fuck it. You're, you're going to win. But do they? But do they? No. No, of course I'll, not. I'll because it. pitchers I'll are leave great. It. I'll leave it at this. Is it tougher? 100%. These pitchers are getting ridiculous. But the hitters are still really good. They're still great. They're better athletes now than they ever been. At least, like from a, from a majority standpoint, not not the uh, outliers, because you know Willie Mays and all that stuff. They're 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 getting better. But I'll just ask you right now: the way you used to watch baseball when you were younger versus right now, do you not see a different two strike approach? Oh no, there's definitely a di- hey, there's a different approach. But at the same time, we're also that's throwing under three. But that's when you strike out. They're still swinging. They're full home run cuts with two strikes on them as when they are with no count at all. They're swinging when there's 3-0 counts because they want to put the ball, you know, do damage on the fattest pitch instead of taking their walks. They're doing things that are a lot different that do not result in base hits or smaller baseball, whatever it is, and might prompt you to get back into behind the count and striking out. There's no reason, in my opinion, to take an 0-2 count, a 1-2 count, or whatever like that, and have your full home run cut coming on that next pitch. Choke up like an Anthony Rizzo. Choke up like a Jeff McNeil. Choke up like whomever. Be Tony Gwynn. Get your two swings. My opinion, This is my opinion how it is. Get your two swings to be your launch angle, lift and, and uh, you know, elevate and celebrate swings. And then your last one, you got to fight, buddy. You dug yourself in a hole, you got to chip away. That would solve a lot of problems. Yeah. I mean, I think, I feel like, you know, building lineups might come down to something like that where, you know, you, you have... Maybe you split your lineup into thirds, and you have two guys like your you know one and two are more contact guys, and then three is more of a power hitter, and then you know again four or five is more contact guys, and you start building you know you get some of the you know some of the fucking money ball guys, and you're looking at 
these these numbers these guys and you're like oh yeah you know this might be the way to build a lineup properly and suddenly it does you know we bring those contact those contact hitters more back into the picture more but at the same time those guys you know your Giancarlo Stanton's or you know your your boomer bus guys your fucking Adam Dunn's are gonna also be superstars and we build like that nice even mixture to form like the ultimate lineup and then you know of course you just put five guys out there throwing 105 and fuck well it. that's the tall task of any baseball team um and uh it's not my job but i wish it was or maybe i don't i'm not sure if i'd be too good at it but uh it's definitely changing if you want old school baseball you want a little example go watch Whit merrifield from the kansas city royals he's you'll a, get a to that he's but I'm, I'm 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 good on that uh well i'm not good on it but I'm um, I'm finished on that. I don't like the direction it's going. That's fair. I mean, uh, I guess last thing before we head out, uh, rip my uh, White Sox prediction, huh? With no Luis Robert, that ain't happening. Uh, yeah, so that's that's a wrap on that one. Don't don't worry. I picked the Orioles, so remember that. <laughs> I listen, man. You got John Meads. You're good. That's it. Oh, and Matt Harvey. Oh yeah, and Matt Harvey. Of course, throw the Dark Knight. He Dark Knight, dude. He's back. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so don't go for to, to us for any of your underdog uh, preseason predictions for any teams. Yeah, um, if you're trying to turn a quick twenty into twenty thousand. It ain't us. We you ain't might as guys. you might as well bet on the Dolphins to go six and fourteen at this point. Exactly. Um, but I'm good, man. It was fun. Until uh, next week, I'm sure there'll be more more shenanigans going on with the Mets clubhouse. And it uh, looks like Jacob Degrom just got taken out of his start due to some sort of injury. So I'm not going to be not back next week. <laughs> Not going to finish that sentence. You'll, we'll tune in next time to see how that went down.